But this morning is a little bit of a different morning. Um, we are asking uh, just intentionally that God would, just like we just sang in that song, God, give us your heart for those who are broken. And give us your heart for those people. At K2, we call it out there. Um, if you've been around for a while, you know that we talk about being focused, tight, and out there, right? FTO. Everybody say it. Focused, tight, and out there. All right. Focused, tight. Oh, man, this is early. Okay, grab your coffee. Take a drink of coffee. All right, let's try that again. Focused, tight, and out there. All right? So focused, we want to be focused on Jesus. All right? Everything we do, we want to be focused on Jesus. Because Jesus is God made flesh come for you and me to die for my sins. You know that blanket of snow out there? You know how, now in the fall... And in the winter, when everything is dirty and the snow falls now, it kind of covered up our flowers, so we're not too keen on that this morning. But, but when it covers up everything that's gray, isn't it just, isn't it gorgeous? How just that blanket of white washes everything. And, and God's word says that like snow, like fresh snow, God washes us clean as snow in the blood of his son Jesus through his sacrifice. And so we are totally focused on Jesus because Knowing him is the center of everything. Knowing him is the way to new life. Knowing him is everything we're about. And so we're focused on him. Amen? All right. All right. So we'll get churchy and we'll say amen. All right. Here we go. So, um, so we're focused on Jesus and we're tight. Here's our desire, that we would be tight together. How many of you know that if you come in and out of this place for a certain amount of time and you don't really get to know anybody, ah, it feels kind of stale. You know, it feels kind of like, I guess it's my church, but I just kind of go in and I go out and I don't know anybody. And have you ever felt that way? Maybe here and maybe somewhere else. Yeah, a lot of us have felt that way. And so here's, here's the best way, okay? I, 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 genuinely, I genuinely care about each one of you. Um, but you know what? Each one of us can't be best friends, Right? Each one of us isn't going to have like a tandem bike and matching t-shirts and stuff like that. But, but here's the thing. You can do that with a few people. And so we have these communities called Life Together Groups where literally you, you get to know other people and you get to walk together as a body of Christ. And when, when somebody gets sick, it's in the context of that 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 everybody in that Life Together group knows about it. And, and you help each other out with meals. And, and you help each other out with life. And you know how to be praying for, for uh, so-and-so's kid when they're trying out for cheerleading. You know what I mean? It's, it's in the context of that that you, that you confess sin to one another. And you say, I really need help getting over this. I really am struggling with my finances. I really need help getting over this. Would you pray with me? All right, and so we want to be tight together, and we don't just want to be tight together for people who are already in. If you're here and you, you feel like, you know what, I, I'm, I don't know if I believe in God yet. I don't even know if there is one. I don't even know if I do believe in God. I'm not sure that Jesus is the only way to him, and we want you to feel connected here. It's okay. In fact, it's our whole goal that we would be a kind of community where people can be here and can be asking questions and wrestling with that whether or not they totally believe yet, right? And it's our goal that you would come to know Jesus straight up because we're focused on Jesus and we want you to know that, right? But it's our goal that we'd be tight together and we'd have real community because there's nothing worse than being alone, all right? And the last one is out there. 
okay? And it is genuinely our goal that just like God, just like Jesus, that we would be out there. Do you know that Jesus um, was a missionary? That he went out there? God wasn't content for us to die in sin here on earth. And he actually sent messengers, sent prophets for hundreds and thousands of years, sent prophets for the people to turn to him. And finally, he sent his son. And he sent his son, Jesus. And it literally says that Jesus had all the comforts of heaven. He was God. That he existed, just like we've been saying for the last few weeks, he existed in eternity past as God. And he had all the comforts and the rights and the privileges of being in glory as God. And he took on flesh. He became man. He, he came in with us to life and time and space. And he came to reach us with the good news that God loves us and wants to forgive us. That it's not about how good we are. It's not about how much we do. It's about his love for us. And that's what he came to say. And, and Jesus came, and, and here's how he came. If you don't know the story, or if you weren't with us for Christmas, or if this is all new to you, he came not in robes and, and big headdress and real fanfare. And he, he came and he was born in a barn, and he was put in a feed trough right around the manure and the hay and the straw. And he grew up in a blue-collar family, and he worked with his hands. And, and then he went to being a homeless itinerant preacher, and he was rejected by all the religious people and the people who were broken and needed it, like you and me. And they were attracted to him. And they found hope in what he said. And so that's why at K2, it's our desire to be out there in a way that allows people to come. All of us come with baggage. All of us come and we're, we're a junk show. And we, we bring it to God and we say, God, for, forgive us. And, and so it is our desire that anyone could come at any time here and that when we go out, that we would be about that kind of reaching out to those who are most in need and, and doing it in such a way that anyone can come. And so we're talking about being out there today. We're talking about being out there. In fact, um, the church, as the church was getting started, um, I want to tell you what Jesus, just before he returned to heaven, what he said to them. This is in Acts 1, and I just want you to listen along, all right? And so they met together, and they asked him, that is Jesus, and this is his followers. This is after Jesus died and rose from the dead, and he appeared to over 500 people over the course of 40 days. And, and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to, uh, to Israel? So listen, they still thought, okay, Jesus, now you died, you came back to life, you conquered death, you, but they still thought, Right now, you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel, that that's what the Messiah was going to do. And so here's what they said. Um, or here's how he responded. He said, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Okay? He says, you, you don't know when the end is going to come, when, and we're still waiting for him to return. We still don't know the exact time that the Lord is going to restore all things. All right? But here's what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. All right? And just for the sake of time, um, just briefly check out the church. They did great right in their hometown. And they stayed there as long as they could. In fact, check this out. Here's what it said. They said, um, 
in Acts 2, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and breaking of bread and prayer, and they, they started doing church things, and they were praying, and they were having communion together, and, and they devoted themselves. Everyone was filled with awe at all the many wonders that God was doing, and they were done by the apostles. The believers were together, and they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone who had need. All right? It was like, it was like one big happy family, and they were really, really growing as a church together and in the Word. And they were, they were walking with God together. And here's what they said. Um, Every day they continued to meet in, their temp- in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were being out there, right, just by being themselves. Just by being a church, they were being out there. Do you guys know that at this campus alone, okay, in the last three months, in the last three months, just to let you know, um, so we have, two, we have two services here at this campus, and we usually have about 300 to 350 adults, okay, with another 100 to 150 kids is about what we have on a normal Sunday. Do you know that through our doors in the last three months, more than 1,000 people have attended, 1,000 different people, Okay, some of you are here every week or almost every week, basically, depending on your schedule. But, but there are tons of people who are coming here. And, and if you and I thought about being out there to the people who come, that's like, that's like probably 500 people who've come once or twice in the last couple months, all right, that need to know that Jesus is real. Okay, now they can hear it from whoever is on stage. But even more so, it's our desire that people would get connected, that they would be tight together, that they would be invited in, that when somebody sits down you know, next to you, I'm looking at Pat out there, and when somebody sits down next to Pat, that they would be at home here, and Pat would be, he'd be focused on being out there even, even as they gather. And so that's what was happening there. But where did Jesus call them to be witnesses? And where did he call them to be witnesses? At home, right next door, and to the ends of the earth, Right? In Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. All right? And they stayed. And, and here's the thing. You and I are prone. We're just prone to stay. We're prone to, to stay. And that's what they were doing. And there was good things happening. And I don't want to diminish that. But it's not until Acts 7 that something happens. In fact, their, their apostles were already being jailed and prisoned. If you look through chapter 4, 5, 6, Peter and John are spending some time in jail. God's delivering them delivering them, and miracles are happening, and great things are going, but the whole church is, is staying. And in chapter 7, one of their members is talking about Jesus, and he gets killed. They kill him. They stone him to death. He said, we don't want to hear anything about it. And Stephen gets killed. And it's when Stephen gets killed that persecution comes in, and finally, the church spreads everywhere. And listen to what it says. On that day, great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. All, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen, mourned for him deeply. Those who had been scattered, verse 4, preached the word wherever they went. They went out there intentionally. And so, I just want to, as we, we start this off today... Say, God has called us to be out there at home and out there if, if we travel somewhere else and, and out there if we go to the ends of the earth. 
that we would be people who would not just come here and receive. You know, we have a culture that is, it's a consumer. We just are consumers. I just, I just am a consumer. I want to find what's best for me. Um, we just signed Squire. We have, we have four boys. If you don't know us, we have four boys. And our oldest is 11. And um, we're looking for a baseball league for him. And there are, where we live, there's like six different baseball leagues that we could put him in. Like, isn't that silly? It's ridiculous. There are six different baseball leagues that I could put him in. And did I choose the one that was least convenient for me or the one that was most convenient for me? That was best for him and most convenient for me, right? I choose what's best for me and, and I arrange my life around it. We do that with stuff all the time, with the car that best suits us, with the place that we want to live. We have so many freedoms. We, we buy what we want to buy. We buy the food. We want. It just makes sense because we are consumers. And, and the difficulty with that is that my whole world kind of revolves around what's best for me, right? And then, and then you come here and, and we want to make you feel at home and we want you to, we want you to enjoy we want you to enjoy being here, and we, we want to welcome you. And, and then at some point, once you follow Jesus, Jesus says, it's not all about you. And it makes me step back, and I'm like, what do you mean it's not all about me? It's always been all about me. And, and so being out there is this amazing reality that, just like the snow, that God has given us this amazing gift. And that as we go... We had to talk about the gift. If they're giving free cars out on State Street this afternoon, who here hears about it and doesn't tell somebody? If they're giving out free cars to the first 17,000 people that come, who doesn't tell somebody about it? Right? We all would. I'd say, let's get out of here. Let's go. Right? Everybody in mass. Let's go. Um, if, if you believe in good news, if you believe that God has given you new life. Man, it's crazy to think about not being out there with it, isn't it? And so we're talking about that. And, and today we're actually talking about those who we as a church have sent out there, out there. We have, we have some different ministries here that you and I do regularly. Um, in fact, later we're going to talk about one coming up this month that we are really excited about right here at home. Uh, but today we're talking about a few people who are us. They are K2 that we have sent out and some of us have gone and worked with them, and, and we support them and pray for them. And so that's kind of going to be the style of, of what we do today. And, and I just want to encourage you, um, first of all, um, to think, okay, God, wh- what are you saying to me today? All right? Here's some people, and, and somebody said to me this week, they said, I always used to think that people who went out, they were totally other than me. Like they were totally different spiritual level than me, that I couldn't do that, that, that you know— but everybody that you're going to see, they're just normal people like you and me who have said, okay, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. All right, and if you're a Christian here today, um, I would encourage you to start even right now and say, okay, God, I'm a little bit tentative of this. I'm a little bit scared of this, but what, whatever you're asking me to do, if you're asking me to get out there a little bit more than I am right now, God, I, I want to give you that right now, okay? So if you're a Christian here, I would encourage you to say, God, if I'm supposed to be out there more than I am, would you, would you lead me maybe towards partnering and giving? Would you lead me towards, towards serving in a way something that I'm not doing now, even today, okay? So the first one uh, we're going to talk about is Julie, uh, Julie Nance. How, how, do you get, how many of you know Julie Nance? 
All right, all of us know Julie. Julie has been working with Campus Crusade for a long time, I think nine years. And she's been out and back. She was in Hungary, I think, a while ago. Turkey, excuse me. And then she's back. And, and she's just gone to New York City. And so she has a video. Let's roll that video. And let's hear from Julie about the work that she's doing there. My name is Julie, and I've been on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ for seven years. And this year, I'm serving with a new ministry called Destino in New York City. Destino is a ministry with Campus Crusade for Christ that focuses solely on Latino and Hispanic college students in the United States. And unfortunately, right now, there's only there's very few resources reaching these students. Here at City College is where Destino NYC started. And it started by just a group of students getting together and talking about Jesus. And now it's a movement of over 20 students. I just want to take you on a little glimpse of the city that God's called me to this year. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. For greater things have yet to come. know Julie and have been praying for her and uh, would encourage you to continue to be doing that and um, would if you want to know more about Julie uh, would encourage you to look on our our website and um, and find more information about her there Um, the next one is uh, Chad Um, they told me to call Chad how many of you know Chad they call him Chad B all right so Chad, um, it's Bronsweiler, but I think that's even wrong, all right? So Chad has been here from the start, and one of the things Chad said is that in a conversation like this, Dave Nelson one time was talking about being out there and that just allowing, allowing God to, to, to say, is there something that you want me to do? And really, he made a decision, and then a couple years later, God opened up a door for him to be serving in Pittsburgh. And so let's hear from Chad even now. Well, I'm Jamal Bevins. And I'm Chad Bronner-Schreither. Chad and I met from Urban Impact Basketball, and he was kind of like a great mentor to me. He's always been there for me. He just called me out of nowhere, and I'm like, 
who's this guy calling me? And then he just told me that his name was Chad. I met him in, in the fall, like he said, in, in, for a basketball program. And, well, this relationship is, in, is important to me because Mel's, you know, I, I've always liked Mel from that first time we had our conversation. You know, there was, a, you know, when you have a bond with someone, and I can't tell you how, how that bond works or not, but there was something there. But as we went on, like, you know, Mel's had his difficulties for number one. He didn't really necessarily, he liked being on the basketball team, but he didn't necessarily want to follow the rules. So it wasn't the best as far as um, handling the discipline and stuff. But I understood, I asked, after a while, I, I understood that. That wasn't what he wanted to do. Mel wanted to, he wants to be a businessman. He wants to be a, um, you know, have his own elect electrical company. That, that's what he wants to be. I'm grateful that that happened, though. I'm grateful that I met Chad. Like, he's a wonderful person. He means a lot to me. He helps me with life. He teaches me things that my father didn't teach me as a man. He guides me to make smarter decisions. Yeah, I've always appreciated the fact that, um, you know, the, this man who I say I'm associated with carries himself well outside of our program. So I never, I don't know if Chad knows this, I never told him this, but I always felt that Jesus sent Chad here for us so he can help us and just just be an influence in my life and the rest of the guy's life. So I always felt that Jesus done that for us. I don't know if he knows that. I probably never told him that, but... Oh, it never did. <laughs> um, wow. I think that Urban Impact is a wonderful program that they have for students or children or whatever age. It helped me a lot. I just want to say that I love you, man. All right, man. <laughs> Make me cry. Yeah. It's because you're a softy. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? How many of you just in your own way of thinking, would put Chad together with Jamal as a, as a life change, as a mentor, somebody to speak into his life and forgot. How many of you would, would put those two together and say, that's going to work? <laughs> See, here's the thing. You and I, we think so much. First um, Samuel sixteen seven says that God doesn't look as we look. That man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. He knows who he can use. He knows what he can use you for. Some of you are involved in ministries that are just crazy stories. It's like, how in the world did I get involved with this? And it's, I'll tell you how you get involved with it. You take, you take one step of saying, yes, God. Okay, God, I'll do this. You, you lead me and guide me, and I will walk into it. Okay, the surest, the surest way not to know that is to never say, yes, God. The surest way to never know that is to say, God, I, I don't think that'll work. I don't know if I want to risk it that much with you. Chad's just a great story. You know, Jamal is coming from a situation where Chad says that, uh, that literally anybody, first week, can start making two grand a week on the streets. Um, just peddling, just cheap drugs. Can make two grand a week. That's tough to say no to. If you don't know Jesus... If you don't have income, if you don't have education, that's tough to say no to. And, and Jamal is actually just now finishing up application for an apprenticeship in carpentry that, that uh, goes for five years. And so be praying for Chad and be praying for Jamal as well. All right? 
Hey, next is the Leones. How many of you guys know and love the Leones? All right. Uh, Leones are working in Manila. They've been there for about a year. They're working. We, we sent them out with a group called Kids International Ministries and uh, working with kids just in the middle of Manila. Uh, how many of you have, have uh, packed food? Uh, at our North Campus, um, when we pack that food on Saturdays, and it's a fun thing to do, um, when we pack that food on Saturdays, we send that to Manila, and it feeds hundreds of kids a week. And so let's hear from the, Lo- the Leones. Hey, Cake Zoo. It's been almost a year since you sent us to Manila here in the Philippines, and so much has happened that it's difficult to tell you in just a short time. So what we've done is we've put images together and we're sharing some of the clips from book clubs that I do with the girls to feedings that we do on a daily basis to relationships that we've been building in the community. Also the library that you helped fund by collecting books and helping build the library. It's now off and going and children are reading and learning and hearing God's word there. There's so many awesome things that are happening, and we've been so encouraged by your visits and your prayers, and it is a privilege and an honor to be here and being supported by you, our church family. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of our family here in Manila. Hi, K2. Uh, We're at Tent City today, and this is where a large part of the food that you package and send over is going. Uh, We have about 1,000 families that live here uh, in the past year, they've partnered with Red Cross, and the Red Cross has provided the homes that you see. So uh, they have a much better living condition than they did last year. Last year, they live in temporary tents. Uh, so I, again, I just wanted to thank you for what you're doing, and it's awesome to be able to partner with you. What that food has done is it's allowed us to come out here and build relationships. Um, so providing food is wonderful, but now we're going to go see a couple of our friends, and um, we believe that that's where the real work is happening. So this is our friend, Rop Rop. Hi, Hi buddy. Hi. Can you say hello? <laughs> hello. Hello. Beautiful. Thank you, Jamel. We'll see you next week, okay? Condo. Kids playing in the rain. How are you enjoying driving in the rain, Carmen? Buy a piece of property. children's home and you just ring the gate and then they open it up we're gonna go in there and play basketball It's, it's our desire to continue to be working with, with uh, a few different places like Manila and um, a couple more that we're going to talk with that, that we would, as a church, would have a connection for a long time there. Eric, actually, Eric Winter, our outreach pastor, was in Manila just this last week and got back and was with the Leones and uh, 
So we're, we're praying for the future and, and what our continued work there looks like. Thank you for praying for them. How many of you know Amy King? All right, Amy has uh, been with us from the start. And uh, Amy is the third from the left there. And she has been on staff, and she's helped with the video and our arts a lot here. You might recognize her from some dramas and stuff. If you've ever talked with Amy, you know that she has a passion for who? Orphans, the fatherless. And and so she, kind of in that direction, has been doing stuff for a long time. But she's gone, and she has an internship in Austin at a church called Austin Stone. And they, uh, she's actually working with three different groups, all right? And let me just read a little bit about these three different groups. One is a local one there called For the Orphans Network. They have over, they're just working with churches to help local adoptions happen. So what she says is even here where we have tons of emphasis on adoption, there is, there's over 200 kids who are ready for adoption in Austin that, that aren't being adopted. And, and so they're, they're working to mobilize churches to do that. Uh, many of you adopted and just want to say thank you for, for, bring, for rescuing someone and bringing them into your family and providing for them. Uh, also, the second group that she's working with is called the ABBA Fund or the, the Daddy Fund and speaking with churches all over the country about, about orphans and about caring for them and about adoption. And then the third one is called Together for, the, for Adoption. And they have a project coming up in Phoenix this November and what they're working on specifically is the theology behind why we as the church ought to care about adoption, why God cares about the fatherless. And that's kind of what separates them from almost all other adoption agencies. There's, it's always right to care for somebody, but, but could it be that God, could it be that God, when he says that he's a father to the fatherless, and when he says he's, he's one who rescues us from our sin and he adopts us as his own, could it be that you and I are supposed to care about adoption even more? Because our Father does. So that's what Amy's working on. She's there for a year, and here's how you can be praying for her. She doesn't know what the end of her year looks like. She doesn't know where God's going to call her to be, whether she comes back to Salt Lake and helps us with some of that or continues on. So be praying for Amy in that regards. Um, Mike Menning as well. Uh, How many of you, almost all of us know Mike. Is Mike even here this morning? Mike, are you here? Mike, you'll be here in the second service. Mike Menning used to be a pastor here. Uh, in Salt Lake, and he's now a pastor to pastors. His, his ministry specifically focuses on helping all the new pastors who come to church plant, and he meets with, with guys like me and Dave and Christian and, and then all the other pastors to just, to just care for us and to, to network people together and really is, is doing a good job, and we as a church support him in that effort as he continues here to help pastors have networks of people as they're pastoring here in Salt Lake. Um, Doug Grennan is actually in Salt Lake as well. He's with Young Life. Um, and Doug is, he has been working with Young Life for a long time. He's starting a new thing called Capernaum, okay? It's a, it's a Young Life ministry to special needs kids. And so he's working on mobilizing churches and schools and Young Life groups to reach out specifically to kids with special needs here in this area. And then Mary Lynn Fager. Do you guys know Mary Lynn? Mary Lynn um, has been involved with our sister church, uh, the Church of Transformation. It's La Iglesia en Transformación. Sorry, my Spanish isn't so great. All right? So, um, so the Transformation Church in Honduras. That's our sister church. If you didn't know that, we have a sister church in, in Honduras, so be praying for them. 
And, uh, and so Mary Lynn has been there, um, but God has called her to return. And so she's just now getting ready to go and studying language and fundraising to go back and to serve there. Um, all of these, here, the, the danger of telling these all-the-way stories is you saying, well, I, I can't do that. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to move to, you know, Swaziland or wherever. Um, I'm not going to move far away. Um, here's the thing. If you start today by saying, God, how do you want me to get out there on my street? How do you want me to get out there at my job? What do you you want to use me for? Um, I'll try to be open to anything you ask me. Then then you take little steps. And one of them might be praying for one of these people or supporting one of these people. A little bit later, we're going to take an offering that specifically is going to go to all of of these guys, um, divided to all of these different ministries. And so... What does it look like for you to say, God, how do you want me to get out there? And just to begin to walk in that, because God has good suffering. He will never call you to go somewhere and never lead you to go somewhere that he won't provide for you and take care of you. Um, We never, I never planned on going to Africa ever. It was never our plan at all. And when God told us to go to Africa about seven years ago, we... We said, okay, God, and God provided everything, and it was the best possible thing for us, even though it was scary and seemed far away. Um, And then when God called us to come to Salt Lake City, we said, okay, God, we'll trust you, and God's provided and given us a great family and and you guys here, and he totally takes care of you no matter where you go. And some of you, God might be calling you to change jobs or to, and he has a reason for you to be there. Or maybe a job transfer comes and, and he has a reason for you to be there. And he'll never take you somewhere and not provide for you. So um, it, the last one that we have today is, uh, is Dave Fueling. Do you guys know Dave and Lene? Come on up, Dave, uh, with three for five. And as Dave comes, we're going to watch a little video about it. And, uh, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Imagine 2.5 billion people. Have you ever even seen 2.5 billion people in one place with your own eyes? That's nearly one-third of the world's population. 2.5 billion. That's the number of people right now on this planet living without basic sanitation general knowledge of hygiene and clean water one billion of which are children but all of us at three for five have a dream to help as many of these people as we can and we have a relatively simple way of accomplishing this dream now imagine three friends three of your closest friends in fact when you and your three friends all donate five dollars we call that a wave Now here's where the math gets a little crazy. If your three friends talk to three more friends, they all donated $5, this would create another wave. And if this cycle were to repeat itself only 13 times, your first wave could be responsible for creating a 20 million person tidal wave. And because everyone at 3 for 5 is a volunteer, nearly 100% of the money raised goes straight to our projects. This would translate into clean water, sanitation systems, and hygiene education for over 4 million people, all because of you and your three friends. You could do something amazing by being the person to take the first step. 
So, we've thrown a lot of numbers at you, but you really only have to remember two. Three friends, five dollars. So thanks for listening, and please visit 3for5.org to get started. So this is Dave, and uh, the Feelings a couple years ago had this idea. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, uh, we, we first heard about this, uh, this idea that there are billions of people without water. I mean, it, growing up here in the U.S., it's just everybody has a tap. Uh, we have toilets. We, we just have it. And it never really occurred to us that there are even a few people, let alone billions of people yeah. that, that don't have it. Uh, so... And that, we we just we're regular people, and we said, w- let's do something. What can we do? Yep. We didn't have a million dollars. We don't have a thousand dollars, but we had five dollars, and we mm. had a couple friends, and that was sort of the catalyst of the idea. Mm. Um, and so, tell me, tell us more about your story, kind of that process. Yeah. So, um, w- the the statistic that really caught our hearts uh, was about children. Um, every year. A million and a half kids under the age of five die from diseases basically caused by dirty water. Um, and at the time we heard that, we were, we were actually at K2. We have, a, we have a four-year-old now. He was two at the time. His name's Jackson. And I saw that statistic, and I looked at Jackson, and I said, you know, he, we had just gone through the baby stage. Diarrhea was was familiar to us, and I said, if Jackson gets diarrhea, Pedialyte, you know, worst case, we go to the hospital and he gets an IV, but there's no way Jackson is going to die from dirty water. Mm. And my heart just broke because I realized there's a million and a half Jacksons Mm. every year um, that are dying. 4,000 kids a day. Yeah. That math works out to about 4,000 kids a day. It's one child every 21 seconds. Uh, so we said, what can we do? We have to do something. That was, hmm. that was the catalyst. And then, um, and then you guys just decided to do this then, this, this organization. And so yep. how old is it and how, how's it coming and what's going on with it currently? Yeah. So there are a lot of great water organizations out there. It's a huge problem uh, in the developing world. And we said... How do we support those organizations? Well, mm-hmm. raising money and awareness was kind of our first thought. Uh, we didn't feel like we were being called to move to Africa or Asia or anywhere, but we said, what can we do here in, in Salt Lake City? Um, and it, it was just that idea of like, hey, we have a little bit of money. We have at least $5. Everybody has $5, right. nearly everybody. Uh, and we have three friends. So... Um, that was it. Uh, we launched a website, 3 dot org about 18 months ago. We are all volunteers. Nobody's making money off of 3 for 5. Um, all of the money that we raise goes to our partners uh, on the ground to build wells, uh, build sanitation systems, mm-hmm. and teach kids about what it means to wash your hands and uh, what, what good hygiene means and how that can actually literally save mm-hmm. their life. What, where are the two, pro- the two projects you guys have finished already? Uh, so we funded a project in Chihuahua, Malawi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's actually, we funded a piece of a, of a bigger project. Mm-hmm. 
There's 20 villages and five schools there that mm. we uh, are helping to fund. And today we are uh, currently raising money for a project in Nigeria. Mm. There's a school of about 1,500 students. Uh, there's about 80 staff and teachers. And then um, the surrounding community is also able to uh, w use this water system. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, you see some of the, the vertical kids actually kind of moving the, a chain throughout the audience. Uh, last week, the vertical kids fasted um, for 25 hours and 35 minutes uh, after Matthew 25, 35. Um, and it basically the verse says, I was hungry and you gave me food, and I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Mm. Uh, we fasted with them. It was great. Um, and the kids, the kids are raising money to fund water projects with 3 for 5, I believe. How much did we raise last week? I believe we are up to $700. Okay. That's probably even higher this week. Uh, but we actually have a donor at K2 who has agreed to match mm. all of their money up to $2,900. Hmm. So um, what this chain represents, it, there, there's, so the kids made a 4,000 link chain, and half of that is here, the other half is up at K2 North. Um, each one of these links represents a child that will die today, one day, and actually this is only half. Yeah. And we Can did you guys this, imagine that? We did this to, you know, it's hard to wrap your mind around a million people. I, I can't really do it, but this isn't even close to a million, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of links coming through. Um, yeah, as, um, if, you've not, if you've not been somewhere without clean water, uh, it's, it's a real thing. There's people that live every day without clean water, and they do. They just get sick from it. And when, when you can, like what 3 for 5 does, when you, can, when you can put clean water in the hands of a community and a school and a care point, it can change their lives. Kids can go from being so sick that they can't even be at school or can't even be at a kid's club to hear the gospel, and you put that in the hands of a church and, and you allow the Christ to give the gift of clean water, it's an amazing thing. And so tell me a little bit how I can get involved. So um, 3for5.org is our website. You can go on there and learn more about our organization, uh, where, we're, where we're funding projects, who we're working with. Um, the best way to get involved, though, is to... Let's, let's hold up on the chain um, just, just for now. <laughs> let's just hold up for just a second here. How, how can I get involved? What can I do? And what do you really, go ahead and keep it on your laps for a second, because here's the thing, I, um, if I don't know what to do with this, it's, it's just kind of a, it's a hard thing to swallow, but yeah. tell me what I can do. So, most practically is, is give five dollars. Um, hmm. it, it seems like such a small amount, but it, it actually can be a huge amount if you take that next step to get just three friends sit down for coffee or tea or hot chocolate, go to dinner, just tell the people that you love about this uh, and how they can kind of repeat that process with you. Uh, that's the most tangible way. Wouldn't it be better for me to give just $20 and be done with it? That'd be awesome. But we would love $5 and three friends because you're, 
your $20 would be great, but if it stops there, um, we have $20. But like they said in the video, it, it's a total of 15 waves. So you and your three friends would be a wave. 15 of those growing is 20, 20 million people. That's $100 million. Mm -hmm. So your friends are really the key to mm. three for five. Mm. So you guys understand how things multiply. The idea is that that really more than more than fifteen extra dollars. That that if you gave five dollars, and who here really couldn't give five dollars, um, the price of uh, a latte. Uh, who who here couldn't give five dollars, and then tell three other people about it and say you really ought to give five dollars to this. Um, at K2, we're really excited about this project. I mean, really. And we, I know some of you think, man, does all of it get there? We're personally guaranteeing you that literally 100% of all of that goes straight to these works. And, and we'll be excited to report about more and more of them. Wouldn't it be exciting if at K2, we started a wave that turned into a million dollars or something that even turned into $100 million? Literally 15 people away from you would be a hundred hundred million dollars? Yeah. That's crazy. Is that real? Yeah, so it's growing in threes. Three. I don't understand nine, how that works. Twenty seven, it just But I do understand that that's how God says that we're supposed to share the gospel as well. If if I share good the good news of Jesus with somebody who shares the good news with Jesus, that it it multiplies like that. And so um, we're grateful to our student ministry for this picture, and we're going to close in prayer. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take a, uh, I'd like you to take a ring, and if you're not, just look at one ring, um, and either hold one or look at one and focus on that one, and literally, um, man, God, could you use us to provide clean drinking water in the name of Jesus somewhere for a group of people? Uh, Lord Jesus, as we pray... Um, God, we, we want to thank you for what you're already doing through all of these different people who are out there, but specifically for Three for Five. And God, we want to ask for, I want to ask for the kid that you're thinking of, God, with that blue ring right there. And God, I know that there's some kids that are going to die today. And God, that's not right. God, that frustrates us. God, would you use us through the church, through three for five, through your work to bring, to bring hope and clean water and the name and the gospel of Jesus to kids around the world, God, that they might, that they might have health and they might have life and that they might have eternal life. God, that's our prayer this morning. We pray for these who are sick, and God, we pray that you would rescue them. We pray somehow that you would heal some today. And that you would, uh, especially in these two places in Nigeria and Malawi, God, in those communities, would you, as kids drink clean water today, would you help them to know you and to give thanks to you? Lord God, thanks for the feelings and for all of these others who are out there. Would you bless them today? Uh, and would you increase, uh, increase their work and increase the provision for them? God, we're asking this in Jesus' name. Amen.